Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Chiribasi. Hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday. We are one week away from the NHL draft mm-hmm. and number 98 becoming a Blackhawk. Very, nice. very exciting. Make sure you smash that like button for us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Make sure if you're a podcast listener, you are following or subscribe to the podcast where you listen and leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And while we're, we're very excited about the draft a week away, we're very excited about today's show, too, because we're going to welcome, for the first time, hopefully of many, new Blackhawks television analyst Darren Pang. He's with us right now. And Darren, I think I speak for the three of us when we say we're thrilled to have you back in town. Uh, congratulations and welcome. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate this. I, uh, it, it is actually becoming real. Uh, it's, it's funny when you go through the, the process and, and uh, you know, when you change from a place that you've been, you know, you know the same city for, for 14 years and, and doing other things. And then, then you start talking about it and it's like, Okay, this is this is really real, and now it's okay. Where are we going to live, and what's going to happen, and and uh, just planning things like like the draft party coming up uh, next Wednesday, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm coming into the city. I'm going to uh, be joined by a, a bunch of uh, former Blackhawks, including my old teammates, uh, Danny Savard and Steve Larmer, uh, Pat Foley, who you know called all 81 games that I played and all 27 wins that I had. <laughs> Pat Foley was on the call with Dale Talon. So I, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really pumped up. I'm excited about it. And then, and as I'm looking at your set and, and there it is number 98 sitting right in front of us right there. He looks a lot smaller just with, you know, no body inside that Jersey, but it, <laughs> but it's exciting. Um, and I'm, I'm really thrilled to be, to be back to, you know, you know, that guys know that. I mean, that's the place that I started both my NHL career and my broadcasting career. So uh, this is a, a huge thrill for me. I, I, you notice the jersey, huh? It's pretty subtle. We don't uh, we don't highlight it very. Uh, you know, it's it's just kind of hidden yeah, on the set I, there. <laughs> I watched I watched him at the combine because there was nine million videos of the poor guy doing pull ups and press ups and push ups and and he looked a lot stronger than what that sweater is looking there on your in front of you guys. Well, you mentioned the draft party. We want to make sure we mention that as well. We're, the three of us will be in Nashville covering the event. Darren, you're going to be in Chicago along with Brian Bickle and Adam Burrish and Ben Eager and Steve Larmer and Dennis Savard, Kaylee Chelios, Pat Foley, and Chris Vossers for the draft party uh, at the Salt Shed. You can go to the chicagoblackhawks.com to reserve your free ticket. It's, uh, it is sp- presented by Bud Light. It's going to be a great time. Come hang out. There's live performances. Uh, our guy DJ Oreo is going to be mm-hmm. there. Jim Cornelison is going to be there. So that's got to be a fun way for you to get your way back into Chicago. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it. Got all the travel set up. And uh, in the summertime, I've got a little uh, little lake house in Michigan that I get away from, uh, from everything else. And I just hunker in on, on the boat or go golfing. And uh, uh, it's a nice little four-hour drive uh, right there to – downtown uh, Chicago again so I'm yeah I'm pumped up about it I mean I'm I got many phone calls along the way I uh, in fact Troy Murray would be there but I believe he's visiting his old buddy Dave in uh, in Edmonton um, I've talked a lot to Troy uh, through this whole process um, Pat Foley had called throughout the process just to you know to to give me a you know like a hey this this would be great and and uh, and you'd be great that's exactly what uh, what's needed there and and uh and so, yeah, so that now I'm going to come in on, on Wednesday and get, get to see some guys and, and likely some alumni members that I haven't seen in a long time and uh, and some friends as well. So um, it's not like, you know, when you leave the first time, I mean, when I left Chicago, I was at ESPN for 13 or 14 years. I lived in Wheaton for almost 20 years and then uh, brought them because they lost the rights. I, I went to Arizona and I became a broadcaster for the Coyotes and went to a new market and, you know, I had to kind of start off fresh right there. And um, fortunately for me, Wayne Gretzky was the coach. So it was like every, every day was a special day. And then, you know, then things changed and, and I ended up going into St. Louis and, and then, uh, you know, uh, that's another city that I, I, I didn't have any foundation there. And, and now this is, this is something else. Now I'm going into Chicago. I mean, I was a, I played golf at Aurora Country Club. I've I've got a bunch of buddies at Butterfield Country Club. I like I, you know, it's 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 neat going back there. Now everybody's sending me texts. Hey, can we play golf here? You want to meet up here? Want to go to Tofano's for dinner here? So it's it's almost like I, you know, how many years have gone by and I and I haven't missed a beat. So it's going to be very comfortable going back into Chicago. Well, you're going to be uh, partnered up with uh, Chris Vosters, and we saw the video yep. of uh, your introduction together. We've had him on the show a handful of times, uh, friend of the show, 
great guy. Uh, what are you looking forward to most working with a young, up-and-coming, and still relatively inexperienced hockey broadcaster? Yeah, I've been totally impressed that he, you know, didn't come from a hockey background. I mean, I've worked with a lot of guys over my years that uh, that were just starting in the business. Um, and then I worked with many guys that had been in the business for a long period of time. Um, at TNT, you know, I'm with Brendan Burke. That's been two years going on. But, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's not a young up-and-comer anymore, but he started – you know, in the minors and he started, he did every, anything. I sometimes think he could be in the front office uh, running a team because of his, his experience of being in the East Coast League and the American Hockey League and, and now in the NHL with, with, with the Islanders. So Chris comes on board and I'm like, wait a second, he, he didn't do hockey before this? That's impressive. I mean, he's got a great voice and a great call. Um, he's really tall, so I might have to get a, a box or two that maybe a couple <laughs> of milk crates I might have to stand on um, because he's, uh, you know, he's a, He's a he's a tall, good-looking guy with a great voice, and I, I'm looking forward to working with him. I mean, I think that's that, that's part of being a team. That's what excites me about it. Is you know, I joined up in in Arizona, and I was with a guy named Kurt Keelback who did the radio, and then we brought in Dave Strader, um, and then I end up leaving and going to St. Louis, and John Kelly. I'd never worked with him before in my life, and I, you know, there I was with John, and and you just you just find the nuances and you find the chemistry, and it won't take Chris and I very long to find it and and he's going to probably find a different energy level you know from me than maybe some other guys that he's worked with i mean uh, i'm you know once that game starts man i am i'm not saying i'm five hour energy the whole way but i, I i've got a i've got a um i got a battery that doesn't quit <laughs> and i think that's what makes the game great and i think he's we're both going to enjoy each other's company and get to know each other, you know, both obviously in the booth, but also it's away from the booth. It's being on the, the team bus. It's being on the plane. It's going for dinners the night before games. It's talking hockey and talking, you know, history of the game. And uh, even though he doesn't come from a hockey background, he's he's uh, he's going to hear a lot of old stories like he probably did with <laughs> Troy Murray, like he, you know, like he did uh, with, with other partners that he's had. So that that part of it, I really look forward to. And I, I'm really going to enjoy my time here with Chris. Well, it definitely feels like uh, your energy and Chris's energy uh, will, will, will definitely mix well together on the broadcast. And, you know, this this, this past season was a challenging one for the Blackhawks. And I, I think, you know, in, in May, things kind of turned around. And uh, I know, you, you know, we were talking before the before the show started how the, you know, the excitement of the season is, is, is coming up. And, um, you know, what do you what are you looking forward to most, you know, from from watching this team? Uh, kind of knowing where it came from last season and, and where it probably is going to be headed with uh, having the first overall pick uh, going into this season. Mm. If he's still there. Uh, he's uh, He's got himself muted. I don't know if he got a call he might or have something. Lost Darren oh, oh, maybe a call came in for him. Uh, let's well, we can, we'll reestablish connection with Darren Pang uh, here in a minute. Uh, we, while, should, we should bring this up with him uh, momentarily. There are three goaltenders headed to the hockey hall of fame in this year's class as I, the as the uh, maybe that's what happened maybe he's getting notifications he, the hall of fame he got the hall of call maybe yeah, darren Pang, hall of famer uh those 81 yeah, games were great there are three goaltenders uh, as he literally was talking to us about as, off the, as the as the list is being announced right now by the uh, hockey hall of fame here i see mike vernon tom barrasso and henrik lundquist how about that? Pierre Turgeon also in that list. And um, Caroline Wollett. And Ken Hitchcock. Uh, Ken Hitchcock as a builder. Pierre Lacroix. Pierre Lacroix. Uh, yeah. Lacroix. Uh, I love was, his water. He was a he was the architect of those uh, Nordique Avalanche Cup teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm happy for Tom Barrasso. Um, he's a guy that I've said should have been there a long time ago. Yeah. Based on his numbers, his longevity. The I always said... If Grant Fuhr can get in the Hall of Fame, uh, then Tom Barrasso should be there too. Uh, he yep. had better numbers than Grant Fuhr. Yes, Grant Fuhr had all those cups, but let's be honest. Uh, you know, that was Grant a very, Fuhr gave up over four goals a game. That was a very <laughs> loaded that, yeah. loaded roster to, uh, to to backstop for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting the the Hall of Fame discussion every year seems to be. Uh, one of the more polarizing in in, in hockey, especially in, in the summer, and um, I, you know, Corey Crawford is, is first year eligible uh, this year for for the for the Hall of Fame vote, and I know amongst Blackhawks fans, he is a a Hall of Famer. He's you know retire 
his number and all that. He's, I think he's recognized within the Blackhawks community as one of the most underrated goaltenders of the, you know, the, the, the most recent era of hockey that he played in. But, you know, I think the thing against him in the Hall of Fame discussion is that so many goaltenders of the past that have been so good, uh, so well decorated, have, haven't been in. Um, but now you get Mike Vernon and Tom Brasso in there. Henrik Lundqvist, I don't think there was any question he was going to get in. Yeah. Because it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. So although he doesn't have Stanley Cups, he's got Olympic medals. He's got world championships. He has Vezinas. Um, and he's got, you know, the the all-star awards, the the wins, the, the accolades, the longevity. He has everything but Stanley Cups. Like, he can, he'll, he'll, he was definitely going to get in. So I think maybe down the road, we might talk about Corey Crawford now having a little bit more of a legitimate chance because some of these goaltenders that had been slighted now are in. Yeah, I agree. I, I I'm not. I was not expecting Crawford to get in on a first ballot. That would have no, been, that no, would have no, been no. a major shock. Um, I see him maybe eventually getting there. Uh, I think with guys like Vernon and Barrasso getting in now, that definitely helps his case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, he may have to wait as long as a Vernon and a, and a Barrasso waited. You know, 15, 20 years maybe. I don't know. That long, maybe not. Yeah. You know, at some point, just do an all-Blackhawks class and just put, like, Crawford and <laughs> Keith and Taves and Steve Larmer all in there in the same yeah, class. Yeah, sure. Why you not? Make an argument for Ronick too. I mean. You absolutely can. It's And, and what's, you know, going – Going through the list here, this is the that's the full list of, of, of who's going in. Uh, is 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 Pierre Turgeon, Mike Vernon, Tom Barrasso, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Ken Hitchcock, Pierre Lacroix, and uh, Car- Caroline Ouellette. Um, good class. N- no Alex McGilney, no Rod Brindamore, uh, no Patrick Eliash. It's See? it's you don't want to water down the Hall of Fame, but you also at at some point you have to acknowledge like. There's a lot of great players that yeah. are like actual great all-star elite level, you know, game breaking in their time players. Not not there. Yeah, like Brindamore is a guy that I think would be in the Hall of Very Good. To me, a Hall of Famer needs to be where you one of like the best players at your position during the time you played. That's how I put yeah. Hall of Fame. Not mm-hmm. your overall numbers, but were you when you played, were you considered one of the top two or three players at your position? And I don't think Brenda Moore, Brenda Moore hits that qualification. When you look at his overall numbers, you'd be like, yeah. yeah, that's worthy. But at any one point during his career, did, did were you like Rob Brenda Moore is the best player in the league? No. No. Like that's how I figure Hall of Fame. Like see, the, like the Turgeon was a really good player, but I'm I don't know. Hall of Fame wise, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, if but being, see to me, Turgeon is kind of similar because a really good center for a really long time, but never never considered elite. Yeah, so uh, like, there's guys I would put in ahead of Pierre Turgeon. I'm yeah, not, like I, I'm, I'm he's was a really good player. I don't know Hall of Fame worthy. I don't know. I mean, and yeah. frankly, too, like I think none of us are surprised that Marion Hosa is in the Hall of Fame. Yep. But I think there was a bit of a surprise when he was first ballot. First ballot, yeah. Because he's a guy, when you talk about the individual awards and None. you say, was he the best at his position for a time? Yeah, you could probably make the argument that he was the best right winger in the NHL or it was in the conversation at least for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I, interesting. I, I mean, I look at Brendan Moore. He's got a cup. He's got two Selkies, four, over 1,400 games played, over, over 1,000 points. I mean, you, you got to honor longevity. I mean the best, yeah. the best defensive forward in the league twice. I, I mean that's he's. Yeah. I mean he's worthy of it. I just think there's other guys. I, I think his before. coaching career is going to eventually. Agreed. If it's not his playing career, that yeah. will help his his case as All well. Right. All right. Well, let's welcome Darren Payne back to the show. Darren, thanks for jumping back in. We appreciate it. Modern technology isn't it wonderful? We love it. Live podcasting. You never know. <laughs> We thought you know, and I se- did that on purpose, see, to, to keep the the viewers and the listeners just kind of hanging on. Like, oh, when's he going to come back? That's, you know, that's what happened smart. to him? That's smart. You know, that's I, am in, I, am, I am in New Jersey, by the way, I'm, and I'm with my uh, my son, Tyler, lives here. And and, and I always, you know, this, the, the songs from Bruce Springsteen with the swamps of New Jersey. So you never know. OK. Yeah. I right, watch your back. Um, look out for that cable truck that just says cable truck on it. Uh, by the way, the Hall of Fame class came in, and when we were talking before the show, uh, two guys you mentioned as not being in the Hall of Fame got in. Tom Barrasso and Mike Vernon uh, got into the Hall of Fame today. 
So uh, two of your uh, two of your goaltending <laughs> colleagues. So I want to welcome is your thoughts right? on that. And then we got to ask you, why is Steve Larmer still not in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. That's a great question. And for any of us that have played with Steve, uh, we would say the same thing you just said. Why is he not? I, I think what, what happens is everybody's about right now. And, and when you're about right now, you forget about some of the great players that have played beforehand. And I'm really glad that uh, Doug Wilson, after so many years, before that it was Rogi Vashon, who was a hero of mine, and he finally got in after some 30 years. And so you have to wonder, why does that happen? I, I think Steve Larmer um, will just be biding his time. He, he will get in. We've got a lot of great players that aren't in the Hall of Fame, guys that maybe you wouldn't think of, but... I mean, there's a guy that I think is a Hall of Famer because I think the Hall of Fame is about character and it's about perseverance and it's about overachieving more than it is underachieving. And in my opinion, I think we've got some people in the Hall of Fame that actually underachieved. I think they could have been better. Um, but a, a guy like Steve Larmer gave it everything he had and would have set all kinds of records with the uh, with the the longest uh, streak in the NHL. It was his idea. Or it was his thought to save a friendship in Chicago. Uh, when Daryl was the coach, that he loved him as a friend, but maybe it wasn't going to last having him as a coach. So he asked to be traded, and that stopped his streak, which is crazy enough as it is. Um, but, you know, there's there's Larms. There's, as I mentioned, Doug Wilson was worthy of it, and he finally got in. Uh, Pat Verbeek has lost a thumb in a farming accident. His dad put it back. He went on to score 522 goals as an underage, five foot eight, uh, pain in the neck of a hockey player. And you know he's not in the Hall of Fame, and he's a Stanley Cup champion. And you know I mentioned before on the show, I'm, I'm like, there's goalies out there that need to get in. And I said Mike Vernon is one of those guys. I mean he's a two-time Stanley Cup champ on it, and, and a Conn Smythe Trophy winner, and a main factor in 1989. Uh, they actually beat us out, the Hawks, in uh, the conference final. And, you know, and, and then he goes on and wins one in Detroit uh, and just had an outstanding career. So I'm really happy for for Mike Vernon. Tom Barrasso won a couple of cups as well with Pittsburgh. A fifth overall pick, a Calder Trophy Award winner. Like, you got to check the boxes of Veznas and major awards. And, you know, the guys that don't, I, I understand there's an era that there might be the greatest of all might be in that era, but you still have to be the best in a decade of playing. I mean, one that you go into that building and, and that player is so highly regarded, you circle them on the board for 12 straight years. You go, well, well, that's a, that's a difference maker. So I'm happy for Vernie. Um, I'm happy for, for Tom. And, uh, and I, I know there's a lot more guys, Curtis Joseph's another guy that's won almost 500 games and he's, he's not in the Hall of Fame. So there's so many great players out there uh, that aren't in the Hall of Fame. They just have to wait their time. They have to be patient. They have to be modest about what they did. And hopefully the door will come. The, they'll come knocking on the door that they have, and, and they'll get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, Jeremy Roenick's another guy, another old teammate of mine, fellas, that scored over 500 goals, played hard, played with his heart on his sleeve, played hurt. Um, he was the ultimate teammate for a lot of us. And... I don't forget what he was like as a player because I'd, I'd take him on my team any single day. Keith Kachuk's another great American player that you know, these are guys that probably will be, you know, they're in line. They just have to wait their turn, in my opinion. Well, we, Henrik Lundqvist got in as well. That, that one's not a surprise. But all these goaltenders being announced and then you cut off. We were like, oh, no, did Darren get his call at the Hall of Fame too? Did he have to hang up with us? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, all, all of my 27 wins and no shutouts, I got in. Those, Finally, those were, I got in. <laughs> those, were, those were key wins, though. Those were the most important 27 right. wins of those three seasons. Um, yeah. Speaking of goaltending in today's game, you've got, you got a good view of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And... We've had kind of discussions during the playoffs and, and the season in general. Do you think that the way teams are looking at goaltending is kind of evolving to where now it's like not everybody can get an Igor Shosturkin or an Andres Vasilevsky. So do you try and get like two, like 1A, 1B starters? Look what the Vegas Golden Knights did with all that goaltending. The, the Oilers, the Stars, they, the, they, the Panthers, they all had to use multiple goaltenders throughout the playoffs. Do you think the league is trending to more tandem or do you still think the goal is to get one of those elites? But as we know, they don't grow on trees. It's a good question. And I said it during the final when I was working on TNT. I said maybe maybe the recipe for success is getting six goalies that make $850,000 <laughs> 
and take your chances on one of the six. I mean, let's let's face it, they're they're a great team, and uh, and it worked for them. Um, the teams that don't have the Shesterkins or the Vasilevskis or um, the, I mean, there's only the Hellebucks. Um, they're the teams that go, ah, oh, you don't need to spend that money on the goaltender. You could do it with a, with a tandem of sorts. Uh, I, I would like to take my chances on a, on a, on a main excellent A plus number one, to be quite honest with you. But even if you have that kind of goal, you still need a, a really, really good backup goaltender. I mean, you know, I mean, having depth at every position's vital nowadays having depth at the goaltending position is essential and i know the the hawks are excited about a goaltender they picked a couple of years ago drew drew Camesso, and you know he's turned pro right now you just you know you hope you've you've got um you know you hope that you've got how many guys minors you got hopefully two guys in the american league two guys in the east coast hockey league you know you might have one goaltender uh, in college one goaltender major junior a and, uh, you know, look how long it took for Corey Crawford to get up. I mean, I, I remember doing some consulting for a couple of teams when Corey was in his fourth year of the American Hockey League. And in my consultation, I came up with goaltenders that I thought were knocking on the door. And Corey Crawford was 1A one, one on my list. This guy's paid his dues, uh, much like Ben Bishop did uh, with St. Louis before going on to Ottawa and then to Tampa Bay. Uh, Jake Allen did the same thing. You, you go over the list of goaltenders that have paid their dues, you don't know what you've got down there. Um, you've got you've got Arvid Soderblom that, you know, I mean, he, he could be a guy that maybe it's not this year, but maybe he goes back down again and just lights it up like Ben Bishop did in his third or fourth year, and you go, that guy's ready to go right here. And now all of a sudden you've got this stable of five guys. And so, you, you know, you, you, you try to keep as many of those guys as for as long as possible uh, to make sure that you've got three guys at least that can step up in the NHL and that, that can win a hockey game for you on any given night. That's the key to success for me is just having that kind of depth. But and answering your question, would I rather have an Andre Vasilevsky and a, and a, and a really good second guy over four um, tier two guys? Absolutely. I'll take, I'll take my chances on Vasilevsky and a top guy. Well, you mentioned Corey Crawford, and uh, he did not get into the Hall of Fame today. And you sort of mentioned, like, the individual awards matter. And that, that's where Corey is, is sort of comes up short. No Vezinas. They got the Jennings once, right? Him and Ray Emery split yeah, the yep, Jennings. 13, yeah. um, he's got, he had it twice, I think. Yeah, right. twice. Uh, but he's got the titles. So do you think down the road that, that will help Corey Crawford get in the Hall of Fame, or is he going to be one of those Hall of the Very Good type of guys? He'll probably have to wait his turn, and then there'll probably be a, you know, there'll be a gap where the voters, uh, because it is a committee, and, you know, they'll look at it and say, who have we missed? You know, it's taken them a long time that they've missed Mike Vernon. So um, who's to say that down the road they don't look at Corey and go, wait a second here. He's a big part of two, two Stanley Cups in Chicago, um, a demanding market. Uh, which I think is is important to note that, and that's why I put so much emphasis on on Mike Vernon because Detroit hadn't won in fifty odd years, and he goes in there and wins. Mike Richter did it with the New York Rangers. I think that means a lot, and I think Corey winning in in in, in Chicago, uh, you know, means a lot that he was the the linebacker, the quarterback of uh, you know of, of of the franchise to win it. So I, I think it'll just take some time, and the voters will regroup again and see what they've missed, and it, it might be. Who knows? I mean, he might get in, he might not get in, but uh, it might be five years, it might be 10 years, it might be 15 years. Like, you know, Rogi Vashon took over 30 and he had not never won a Stanley Cup other than I think he was a backup with the Montreal Canadiens in the late 60s. So um, anyway, time, I think time time will obviously tell. That's a pretty obvious statement, but I'm, I'm hoping that the championships that Corey won and the way that he played the game, the way that he ignited his team, how important he was in the two championships, uh, will come to you know will come to play when the voters take a look at that later down the road. Darren, as as you were cutting out, uh, I was asking about you know just the excitement coming into this season and and knowing where the team was this past year, how they were constructed and uh, to to get the number one overall pick. Now that they have it uh, and going into this season and, and and seeing how they might be constructed this summer, what are you looking forward to uh, in in being able to watch the Blackhawks and and, and call the games uh, this year? Yeah, well, number one, um, I thought I thought the Hawks were really well coached last year, and I thought they, I thought they played hard. 
um, obviously, they, you know, they, they emptied the tank on a rebuild and did a phenomenal job to get number one overall. But then they've got the number nine. I'm, I've got a list right here because I've got bad math. But you've got the number one overall. You've got the 19th overall. And then you go 35, 44, 51, 55. And then you go 67, 93, 99. I mean, that's a lot of picks in the top 100 right there. So right away, uh, job well done by Kyle and his staff. Um, and then it's a bit of a, a crapshoot. It's a bit of a, it's a lucky thing that you get number one, but you get it. And so you hit it, the jackpot. Thanks for coming. So what am I looking forward to? Well, number one, you don't get an opportunity to be a broadcaster with the number one overall pick. I remember talking to Eddie Olchek and Pat Foley and, and the group, you know, when they had, you know, when Jonathan Taves went number three and then you got P Patrick Kane going one, like we all knew something special was going on. I mean, I did a lot of games that, uh, that I wasn't part of the Blackhawks broadcast, but I did a lot of games, whether they were national games or whether they're with St. Louis and, and watch these two. And it's like, man, that must be nice up there, Edzo and, and Pat, you know, just to watch every single night. And then you add a Hosa. See, the, the thing about it is, you know, you've got those players, but then you've got to make the right decisions in adding who fits there. Um, for example, maybe Kyle Davidson looks at everything this summer and says, hey, what UFAs can I get for a year or two years that can patrol the wings and play a tough, hard-nosed style to make sure that the number one overall pick uh, doesn't, you know, get, get put into a bad spot. You know, there's there's still a game of toughness out there, and there's still a game of um, of retaliation and intimidation. So, um, you know, there might be some short-term fixes to make sure that you get the foundation of toughness and character also in the lineup. Um, whereas, you know, when you're building with Taves and and Kane, you know, and you added uh, you added Hosa. I mean, you had some guys like Adam Burrish. I mean, there's a ton of guys that I could I could name, and you had Keith and Seabrook and what have you. Um, so maybe you didn't have to maybe add short term like Kyle has to look at right now. So it'll be interesting to see you know what takes place over the summer and what he does at the draft and how many of these picks he keeps or does he move up or does he maybe get some you know some some more assets and and give up some second round picks? Who the heck knows? I think he's got a. He's got a lot of fun down the road for him anyway. This this would be a lot of fun if I'm the general manager and you've got all these picks and then you've got the number one overall pick. Well, it's it's interesting you said that because I, I stopped short of calling it a rumor, but uh, Elliot Freeman today was sort of suggesting some ideas and a name that came up to help out the number one pick who we're not allowed to mention when talking to Blackhawks employees uh, by name, even though his name's on our screen right there, um, was the name of Vladimir Tarasenko. And you got to watch him <laughs> close up in St. Louis for a long time. Uh, is that a guy who you think could come in on a short-term deal and, and contribute here? Or do you think he's looking for uh, one more chance to win before he calls it a career? That's a good question. Um, you know, when I actually, when I signed, uh, and the news came out about Chicago, I got a, a real nice voicemail from uh, from Vladdy. And, and um, you know, I know there's a number of teams that, that are interested, you know, in, in Vladdy. Uh, that's a good question. That Only Vladdy can answer that, you know. Um, what kind of deal? Is it a short-term deal? Is it a, you know, will he take less money on a long-term deal to stay in the city and to know what kind of players he has? I really don't know. All I know is, that uh, that the kid can shoot the puck, as you guys have seen over the past, and and sometimes you know when you get traded for the first time, like he did to the Rangers, um, expectations were so high they lose in the first round in seven, um, and now it's kind of a real wake up call. It's like, wow, where am I going now? Everything was always so solid, and always he always there was always a route for for Vladdy. So. I, I don't know what his motivation would be to sign something that's a, a shorter term deal to be a guy that is looked upon to be a, you know, a leader or a guy that, that can develop young players um, like the first overall pick. So, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions out there. But it, the, the fact of the matter is Vladdy can skate when he wants to forecheck and wants to hit. He can do all of that when he wants to shoot the puck. He can do all of that as well. So that's uh, that's an interesting player. But I, there's a load of players out there. I mean, when you look at. You know, just players that I experienced, you know, with, I mean, um, you know, there's that, you know, when you look at even a, a Nick Foligno or a, or Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Chari, guys that went at the deadline were very valuable players for their teams. And and so that's what you've got to look at, which teams went the that, that route and, and had it and were impactful uh, during that time. So um, anyway, a lot of, a lot of, certainly a lot of choices out there, not a, 
not a plethora of, you know, there's been other summers where there's been, there's been more, but I think there's some pretty good quality out there. And if they want to be a Blackhawk and they want to play with the number one overall pick and they want to be known as a leader and helping in the development process as well, then what a place to go to. Why wouldn't you want to go to Chicago? Absolutely. Darren, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for making the time for us. I know it's a busy time of year. And Hawks fans will get to see you out next Wednesday at the uh, Blackhawks draft party at the Salt Shed. Again, go to chicagoblackhawks.com to secure your free ticket to hang out with Darren and a bunch of other Blackhawks alumni. It's been great. Hope we can do this uh, very, very often. It's great to have you back in town, Darren. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much for the welcome, guys. Appreciate right, it. Take care. Take care. Darren. Yep. Okay. That is Blackhawks TV analyst Darren Pang joining us on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. When we see him for the first time in person, we'll have to let him know logistically how close we are to uh the united center in fifth third oh yeah like hey there's yeah. a yeah. chair always open for you to you come always drag over a fourth We're chair right yeah. there yep mm-hmm. yep 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 that was good, good. that was fun stuff. to talk to him I, he, yeah. I just you know uh you mentioned it greg that the personality fit with him and vosters is gonna be really good like they're uh, yeah. both just such enthusiastic they love the fact that they get to do what they get to do. Like, at no point do you ever feel like Darren Pang is unhappy broadcasting. <laughs> or, like, it feels like he's one of those guys that never has a bad day. Of course he does, right? But it never really shows through. Yeah. Vossers is kind of the same way. I think that there's gonna this broadcast will be so energetic. And I know there's some people that are not quite sold on Vossers. But honest to God, if I had to handpick a broadcaster to help develop Chris Vossers into a hockey guy, it's Darren Pang who is the nicest guy in the world, patient, super experienced, knows the game backwards and forwards, is as well-researched as any broadcaster I've ever seen. He's going to make Chris Foster's job easier. He's going to make Chris feel comfortable. It is a perfect hire. I love this hire for so many reasons, uh, and especially for the Chris Foster's development. I think that Pang is a perfect guy to bring in for this role. Yeah, and I, I think it's the element of consistency that is going to help uh, as well as who he's going to be paired with. So, yeah, I, I think for, for good reason, I think there's going to be some more energy into this year's broadcasts uh, of games. It's going to be more fun to watch the team, and it's going to be more fun to watch the, uh, the broadcast. As Chris now has a full year under his belt, He's got, you know, now a, a summer where he's coming off of his first year. He's not coming – he's not – coming off of you know the the audition process and having a couple of games and 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 then going through a summer where you lose the guy who you thought was going to be your play-by-play partner uh now he's he's gone through the full season he's worked with Patrick Sharp and Troy Murray uh and and now he's got this summer to get to know Darren Pang a little bit work, work alongside him as, as the season gets ready to get going uh build some chemistry and yeah I I think that's that's going to be a really good uh a really good asset for 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 Chris as as a play by play guy, and and I think Darren Pang and, and him are going to work together really well. Can't wait! I just cannot wait for this damn season to start. It's Yesterday I drove by the United Center. There. I was just like, "Let's go!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it's, here, it's, please. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. We'll be at the draft next week, and then we come back the following week. We're going to get back kind of in the swing of things with development camp. There's going to be oh yeah. While there's no on ice activity there's going to be media availability every day we're going to get to talk to draft picks we're going to get to talk to Andre Sorensen again Luke Richardson's going to, so it's going to be like yeah oh my god we're so excited for two weeks it's going to be like we're back to being hockey reporters and then it's just <laughs> gonna hit a wall for like yeah eight weeks. oh yeah by the way uh, we should let people know July 1st the opening of free agency is a Saturday we will have a free agency yes. show we'll be on that Saturday the, fr- the Friday after the draft we will be traveling. Off we will day. not have a show. So that Saturday show, we were making up for it with free agency for en- frenzy. Yes. yes, there will be good good stuff. And uh, I think, based on a lot of conversation we just had with Darren Pang, I think we need to hook him up with our friends over at Pins and Aces. It sounds like he spends a lot of time yes. on the golf course. Yes. He does enjoy the golf. And yeah. we need to get him decked out with the official golf apparel partner of all city and chgo pins and aces we love our pins and aces and panger will too gear they love the gear and you're going to get tons of compliments on and off the golf course they are family-owned golf and apparel business they make amazing polos hats golf bat 
bags, and even our favorite beer slash beef sleeve. It's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag or four regulation beef sandwiches <laughs> and keeps them either cold Those or warm. regulation size or what? <laughs> <laughs> so check out pinsandaces.com and use the promo code CHGO, and you're going to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. And, Jay, you mentioned they got South Park line of apparel. Yeah, I saw that today. they so got a South Park collab. If you want to be offensive on the golf course, why the heck not? <laughs> not? Get yourself some uh, South Park golfing gear, because that's what I think about when I think of golf is South Definitely. Park. Definitely. Uh, it's pinsandaces.com. <laughs> I mean, uh, use know. that promo code CHGO. When, when you're just hacking the ball all over the course, you know, maybe you want to say, screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Just, just, the, the ball marker, we can't we can't put this on our air, but look at that the Randy Marsh <laughs> ball marker. Oh, yeah, it's a yeah, legit just, ball marker. That is a uh, ball marker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> around. You know the episode. You know oh, that's the good. episode. So what do you do? You hit a drive and you just go, respect my thought time. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah. there you go. It's like right. golfing that's 20 great. years ago. Um, yeah. And hey, Darren uh, complimented our set, and I think specifically our Bedard jersey, but... Yeah. You take a look around at all the sweet swag we have here, the bobbleheads and the uh, signs and all that stuff. That is from our friends at Foco. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, banana hammocks, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It is summer, officially. officially. Change the copy, CHGO. It's summer officially and officially baseball season. Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a Cubs or Sox game. And like we said, our set decorations all that sweet stuff, including the Hayden Wisniewski Immaculate Inning Bobblehead, mm-hmm. come from our friends at Foco.com. And if you, yeah, and if you want to save at Foco.com, you can. Use the promo code CHGO, and you'll get 10% off all non-presale items. Again, that's promo code CHGO at Foco.com. So we mentioned it briefly to Darren. A uh, little bit of news-ish from Elliot Friedman today. Pondering. Ponderings on 32 Thoughts. I think... Uh, probably the most essential thing to mention that he said was that there's a chance that Caleb Jones will not be qualified. Yes. Uh, I, I, I listened to it on the way in. It, it didn't sound too, uh, definitive of right. a, of a speculation from, from Elliot, which I mean, he, he's not going to throw something out there that he doesn't have some, you know, legitimate yeah. backing to, but, uh, yeah, it sounded like maybe there could be possibly uh, some rumblings was the term that, you know, Blackhawks don't uh, give a qualifying offer to Caleb Jones, which would be interesting for two reasons. One, he seemed to be playing well towards the end of the la- uh, of last season. He seemed to develop properly under Luke Richardson last season. He seemed to finally feel like he had a an opportunity to get a, a – set part a uh, set space in the lineup and you know you got you got Seth there and I know you shouldn't just assign Caleb because Seth's there but right. they also played well together like it, it, it's it seem it would it would seem interesting that you know they that they wouldn't bring Caleb back even on a one-year deal uh, a, a low risk deal to have a guy who's easily your number five defenseman, number six defenseman, and in in, you're not lo- really looking at. Ke- I don't look at Caleb Jones now as a guy that I'm like, eh, get him out of the way. I I, I think they have some defenseman, a defenseman like that that I think you could you could do. Um, I'd re- honestly I'd rather have Caleb Jones than Nikita Zaitsev, and Caleb Jones is going to cost you less, and I think he's going to bring more to the table. So it's it's interesting that he wouldn't be brought back because he's still young I think he's you know he's what 26 um you know he's not a not a rookie but I don't think he's necessarily in the way of younger defensemen coming up because I think you factor in Caleb Jones to what the lineup is next season there's still spaces for Alex Vlasic Isaac Phillips Wyatt Kaiser um you know and the rest of the young group that could come in and, and fill some spots and get some time yeah it's interesting because we talked about this probably last week. I think it might have been. And my thought was the same. Like, yeah, you want to have spots open, but I think you do, especially early in the year. And it's not to say that if someone, like if Kevin Korczynski just can't be held down anymore, Happy birthday, if he comes into way. camp and it's just wonderful and you have to get put him on a team, yeah, then you can make a deal if you have to. But I think doing it preemptively might be a mistake. Yeah. You know, like, don't assume three or four spots needed. Also, 
we all love what Jared Tenorti brought last year. And when they re-signed him, we're like, all right, cool. You know, fine. Reward the guy for a good season. But, like, now in hindsight, I don't know if I love the fact that he's taking up a roster spot. That's a guy taking up a roster spot. Yeah. And I like Jared Tenorti. And Great Darren guy. Payne mentioned it. You want Warrior. toughness on the team. I get yeah, that. But I think you can find toughness that's going to contribute a little more. Yeah, you you need someone like Tenorti, but he also feels like one of those guys who might start the year in Chicago and eventually find his way down to Rockford. And that, that I, I think that that's just kind of, you know, he seems to be a professional, understand the business of things. And, and he's spent plenty of time in the A. He's spent so a lot of time in the AHL. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like he's one of those guys that probably would, you know, it's not great to be sent down, but it, he might be one of those guys that, you know, takes it in stride. And there, there's there's a reason that he's around. I think he fits what Luke Richardson likes in defensemen. Um, it's just, you know, yeah, I think he does kind of feel like a, a, he's taking up space. But he'll get his, he'll get his, his time in, in the NHL and, and serve his role, and we'll see how long it lasts, though. Well, and the way he plays, you know he's going to be missing time Potentially, with yeah. injuries now and again, you know, just just by the way he plays the game, I don't expect him to get his face sliced open and hit in the mouth with a puck in back to back games. If that didn't happen anymore, but right. you know, I, just the way he's always battling. You know, he had that hip injury that that eventually shut down his season, and that was from the way he plays the game. Yeah. Uh, so he'll break. You know, he's going to have his bumps and bruises and breakdowns throughout the course of eight two games, but you know, looking at it straight on and. You know, maybe maybe they're not qualifying Caleb because they're like, hey, we're going to give you this two-year deal worth yada yada dollars, but if we'll give you the courtesy to check the open market. If you can find yourself something better, go for it. If not, we got this sitting here in the top drawer of our desk. Well, I, I think yeah. also you can be putting that out there and saying, hey, maybe the Hawks aren't going to qualify him, and you find a team that wants to trade for him. That's for the draft. Yeah, you get that and smoke dry, out and, there. And say, oh, well, if they're not yeah. going to qualify him, then maybe I want to make a trade for his rights and see what we can get done with him. Because he improved greatly. He was probably the most improved Blackhawk from October to April. And working with, with Luke Richardson and Kevin Dean worked wonders for him and and all of the defensemen. You could say Seth Jones improved greatly from opening night yeah. to the game 82. Um, so, you know, if I had to pick – and I, and I know what Jared Tenorti brings to your team, and I know you need that. And, and But if I had to chose, like you got one spot left for a veteran defenseman, who would I rather have? Right now I'd rather have Caleb Jones because yeah. he's a big guy that skates well, very good skater, can do a little, can, does have some offensive uh, ability. Um, you know, for, for his first season here, he tied Seth Jones in goals, and nobody expected that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But – you know, it's it's. I think there's also upside with him. Yeah, he's still there's young. a chance he's going to get better. Jared Tenorti is Jared Tenorti. Right. He's not. He he's only going to decline at this point right. of his career. Uh, Caleb Jones still has a little bit of potential there, or at least, you know, uh, for a team that's not planning on winning or contending for a playoff spot, that's a perfect situation for a guy like him. Give him another year, see see what you got. Maybe he's a guy moving forward. If they made their decision already and they're just going to cut ties, okay, fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over Caleb Jones not coming back. No. But I think an another season with him under Luke Richardson and Kevin Dean and playing with Seth and, and, and playing, you know, with some younger, you know, t maybe having the pressure of an Isaac Phillips or an Alex Vlasic clipping at his heels makes him even better. Uh, you know, Some guys respond well to – uh, roster competition. Mm -hmm. Some guys don't. Um, but yeah, it's a little, kind of a little surprising. Not shocking, but a little surprising. I thought he'd be back. And maybe he still is. He might still be, yeah. Uh, we have. It hasn't been an official word. There hasn't been a press release from the Blackhawks saying, we, you know, we're moving on. But, uh, you know, it, it was obvious Luke Richardson trusted Caleb Jones, too, and that's big. Well, and Michael brings up a good point, too, and he says the other problem with that is that Tenorti is a guy with zero trade value at the deadline. He, no teams are going to be calling for him. I think I think that's true. I, you know, yeah. uh, like you said, he is what he is. I think Caleb Jones, if he has another, you know, first 40 games like he did at the end of last year, that's going to get some teams' attention around the league. He's not going to – whatever he signs, be it in Chicago or elsewhere, it's not going to be a 
a bank breaking deal by any by any no. means. So I think he could be one of those guys that could be appealing at the deadline for a lot of teams, like a puck mover with some speed, with some room for growth, who's only gotten and better. He play wing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just true. you know I, I I don't know. It, I think it would be. Like you said, it's not something to lose sleep over. At the end of the day, he's a fifth or sixth defenseman at best. But it's kind of a philosophical shift from the way you think the Hawks would think. Mm-hmm. With let's prioritize Jared Tenorti and let's let Caleb Jones walk. That just seems a little bit, I don't know. It's, it, it feels like there has to be another layer to it, which is why I sort of speculated maybe they're trying to get something for his rights ahead of the draft here. Could be. Yeah, could be. I, and I think... I think there's there's some credit that can be given to the Blackhawks front office is that they're not thinking short-sightedly. At least we haven't been given any example of that yet to to doubt that there's not some level of, you know, multi-step, you know, uh, blueprint to the, the, the moves that they want to make. And Bijan's asking about Ian Mitchell. Uh, Caleb Jones can skate circles around Ian Mitchell. Yeah, it's bottom. Like Ian Mitchell's a nice guy, good kid. I, just what does he do player, well? But he's not an NHL skater. He's no. proven that time and time again. Caleb Jones can at least skate well and hold his own. That, that's the difference between the two. Statistically, there may not be that much of a difference between the two, but just Caleb Jones is bigger and a far better skater oh, than, than Ian Mitchell. He's a better skater. He's willing to be physical. He can adapt his game a little bit. Like I have not seen anything from Ian Mitchell's game like if you just took the jersey off and the draft profile off and all the stuff we thought about him three four years ago away he's a non-factor yeah you know he's just again what is it that he does extremely well is he a is he an elite puck mover no does he have not even good speed no not really is he big? No. Is he physical? No. Is he fast? No. So, like, all the things you – these guys you can kind of – if they're not the perfect prototype, you know, 6'2", you know, 220, whatever, you have to have something that makes the shortcomings palatable. Yeah. yeah. And Ian Mitchell does not have any of those and things. You mentioned Forsling and, and what he – the time it took for him to develop into a, a you know top pair defenseman, Forsling also at that stage of his career was again a much better skater yeah. than Ian Mitchell. It's Ian Mitchell's skating that is his biggest yeah. downfall right now. If he was just a little bit quicker and better on his feet, you could you can squint and say, yeah, that could be your sixth defenseman. Yeah, if 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 the skating was was. A, a little bit uh, of a level higher, you'd be saying him and Caleb Jones are pretty much equal. Yeah, but I, I think the skating is is the difference, and I think what we know from the Blackhawks is if they're if they're making a decision between two players, and one's a better skater than the other, and everything else is basically a wash, then they're going to go with the guy that's 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 the better skater. And if you can't skate, you can't be a Blackhawk. Yeah. So it, it does, it, and that's kind of plays into what you know. It, Understanding that they're not going to move forward with Ian Mitchell, if they're also not moving forward with Caleb Jones, um, I don't know. That's that's an interesting move. And 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 sure, I think if you want to look at a silver lining, yes, you say it does open up another spot for a young defenseman to, to step up and get and get NHL time. But I think again, I go back to the fact that like I think you could open up another spot without having to give up a guy like Caleb Jones. Um, they have they had or have other options to do it. Yeah, um, still got a few days for the the buyout window goes until the thirtieth. The thirtieth, so you still got the a few bu- days. Buyout window goes right up until free agency opens. So, be interesting to see if the Zaitsev is a thing. Well, yeah, I, I know. Mean, it's, I know maybe it's they only got a trade year. in the works at the draft too. They're thinking they could get done yeah. to bring somebody in. There, I mean, there's so many moving parts here. Yeah, you and, know, and so any sort of whisper that. Elliot Friedman might be getting could have 15 ifs and ands tied to yeah, it right you know that that would say well if they don't draft this guy or don't trade you know 55 for so-and-so's defenseman then then we're going to qualify him but right yeah it, it'll be interesting the whole thing too it, it, like you mentioned buyouts like you can just buy outside Sev give you a spot too you couldn't but I think from 
everything that we've read. I think Scott Powers recently put it out there that it doesn't seem like that's actually on the table for the Blackhawks. But you never know. Uh, circumstances could, could change in the, in the coming days. Um, it seems like something that I think would benefit him and the team in multiple ways because I feel like, you know, if you start the season with Zaitsev, I don't think he's in your – he's set in your rotation. I think he's no. probably a guy coming in and out of the lineup. And I, I don't know. If I was him, I, I'd, I'd want to have a chance of being a, a regular – and maybe not, maybe not having the, you know, the the young players looking looking over your shoulder, knowing okay, Isaac Phillips is coming up behind me fast. Alex Vlasic's probably already taking time away from me. Wyatt Kaiser's here. Alec Regula's here, and you got Del Mastro and Allen and and Korchinski coming in the next. You know, Del Mastro and Allen are, are going to be professionals this season in the AHL. They might come up to the NHL. Who knows? You yeah. know, if they if they like light up Rockford you know given the opportunity uh that's 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 another group of guys that he's got to got to worry about so it could you know light a fire under him but i think we know what he is yeah um one other bit of news from elliot friedman eh, maybe not news but a speculation but first a comment from michael who says kyle davidson is kyle davidson planning to meet the media prior to the draft i've seen other gms having pressers all week leading up to the draft he's yes. going to talk tuesday afternoon in Nashville, that will be at three thirty, right. which is actually during our draft party. So one of the three of us will head out to cover uh, what Cal yeah. Davidson has to say. As the guy who doesn't drink, I'll volunteer for that okay. duty. There you go. <laughs> there so you Greg go. will be there. Make sure you follow us on social media at chgo underscore Blackhawks. And if you're going to Nashville, get those tickets today before they run out. We're going to be at Hop Smith yep. on Tuesday, June twenty seventh, for a happy hour. They call it happy hour, but it's happy hours. It's one to four. You can be happy for us. It's going to be a really good time. You're going to get uh, all you can eat and drink. Uh, I'm sorry, all you can drink from one to four. Food and our new draft pick T-shirt when it becomes official. Diehards get 20% off. As always, go to allchgo.com slash diehard-events. Or if you're a normie, you can go to allchgo.com slash chgo-road-trip and get your regularly priced tickets. But, man, now would be a really good time to sign up to become a CHGO diehard. Yeah. You'll save on the trip. You'll get a free shirt or hat upon sign up. And you're going to get that free number one pick design that's <laughs> going to drop the day before the NHL draft. So make sure you join us at Hopsmith in Nashville. The day of if the you can't NHL be there, draft. become yeah, a like, diehard. Day of. Day of the NHL draft. All oh, right, right. That right, design right. will be re- re- revealed. We don't but know who will, they're taking. You will be getting <laughs> that shirt. You will be one of the first. Our art offices in Denver literally have 150 different designs yes. ready for whoever yeah. the Hawks yes. pick yes. at that at that pick. Yeah. Um, yes, they I'm have. Hoping for Oliver Bonk. Yeah. Yes, they they definitely have mocked up an Oliver Bonk first overall yes. pick design. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Just to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> I got dibs on the Oscar Fisker Mulgard shirt. Sure, that's a good yeah. one. Get a sticker, put it on your computer next to that. that what is yeah. that from? My Grateful Dead goalie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Worlds colliding for, there you go. for Jay on his computer. It's a sticker made for me. Perfect. It's a Grateful Dead bear making a glove save. Nice. It's That's as a, if they're on my social media feed knowing the things I like. It's a better glove than Corey Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, speaking of things made for us, Goose Island Beer. They are the official beer sponsor of us here at CHGO, and they are Chicago's beer and have been since 1988, and they have a deep and talented roster of beers that rivals any on the planet. Of course, you have the Goose IPA, the six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest, always in style with a citrus aroma and bold hop finish. You have the Full Pocket Pills, the everyday beer. It is what the Goose Island beer brewers are drinking. They also sport the Tropical Beer Hug, a dry-hopped Imperial IPA with a 9.9 ABV that is dangerously easy to drink. And on these golden summer days, you can reach for a golden can of 312, the wheat ale that is the staple of Goose Island's uh, beer roster. Of course, they have a ton of others. They got the Green Line, the Matilda. They have... uh, Perfect for summer. I believe they have a Shandy line as well. It's just oh, yes, they do. a ton of great beers, great options from Goose Island. And you can grab yourself an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park. Or you can go to their tap room in our neck of the woods on Fulton Street here in Westtown. Again, that is the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. All right, so the... Thank you. 
Yes. Uh, the last little thing we'll discuss here before we wrap up is today on 32 Thoughts with Elliot Friedman. He speculated, it's not a rumor, did not say he was hearing this, but thought out loud, would Vladimir Tarasenko on a short-term deal make sense for the Blackhawks? And I've been thinking about this ever since, and the more I think about it, the less sense it makes. Hmm. Vladimir Tarasenko is 31 years old. Yep. So if he's to sign a one- or two-year deal with Chicago to come in and cash in on Connor Bedard being his center and just going to the net and getting those goals for number 98 to rack up those assists, that means he's 33 as a free agent. He's not going to get a big deal. I think now is Tarasenko's last chance at a long-term, somewhat high-paying contract. Yep. I don't think it's going to be $8 million, $9 million, but I think you could look oh. four years, you know, six, five and a half maybe up to seven for Tarasenko, some team, if a bidding war starts. I just don't know for him. You could say, look, he's looking to resurrect. He's looking to get back in the good graces of teams in the NHL because he was unhappy in St. Louis. Things did not go. The Rangers didn't win a cup, so he's a, air quotes, failure in New York. But I think a reputation-building contract for him now, it's a little too late. If he was 29, 28, maybe. But now at 31... Even if he does light it up with Bedard, I don't see him getting a big deal out of this. I really don't. I, I just think that this right now is probably going to be his chance to find a team that July 1st, towards the end of the day, finds himself a little bit panicked. Like, oh, he missed out on A, B, and C. Now we got to come up with a solution, and Tarasenko cashes in that way. I just yeah. don't know why he's interested in doing this. I don't, I don't see it either. Um, I, and I'm going to say something that, a year ago, I would have never thought would cross my lips and be spoken into the universe. But I would rather have Max Domi and Vladimir Tarasenko on my hockey team. I agree with that. Uh, and then you talk about reputation uh, restoring contracts. That's what Max Domi signed last year. It like worked. He, he went yeah. from being an afterthought on, on free agency day, signing with the Blackhawks, to now you've got multiple teams contending teams that the, the stars want to bring them back they don't yeah. i don't know if they can it's going to come down to domi or, or dandenoff it appears they can only bring back one of those guys um yeah i don't think we talked about it too with ryan o'reilly now would a player like tarasenko be an awesome fit for Connor bedard absolutely yeah but it doesn't make sense for the that particular player just like ryan we talk about ryan o'reilly would be a good veteran leader big centerman guy that can help out with these young players why would he want to do that right now right like mm -hmm. he still has another one of those good two to four year contracts left in him you know look if, if it happens i'm on board yeah. like, don't get me wrong like cool like, I'd like to watch Vladimir Tarasenko play for the Hawks for a year or two. I'm down with that. I'm just trying to figure out why, if I'm Tarasenko and I've got offer sheets in front of me, yeah. I go Chicago. I think in, in, the, in the immediacy, it probably sounds fun to play with a guy like, like Bedard and, and, and have, uh, you know, the option to play, you know, with a guy like Reichel. And if he signs a two- or three-year deal, maybe that also means Frank Nazar and then some of these other uh, young guys that that are coming in um but i i think if he's looking to like you said like cash in and and, and have one more run at contending one more run at you know making some decent money in the nhl uh you probably want to go for a team that that's looking to contend or a team that's looking to keep keep their window open uh, the window for the blackhawks is not open now it's not going to be open this year next year probably not the year after either so if, even if he were to sign a three-year deal, you're talking about, you know, a 34-year-old Vladimir Tarasenko becoming a free agent right as the Blackhawks are, are potentially looking to, you know, finally get into that playoff contending window. It doesn't make sense for him. And then he's 34. And then he's, right, and exactly. Then he's 34. So, you know, looking at uh, Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli a couple weeks ago put out his free agent projections of, of term and, and money. Uh, for Tarasenko, he had projected a three-year, $5 million deal. For Domi, to compare, a five-year, $4.75 million deal. If either of those players signed those kinds of deals with the Blackhawks, I have no problem with it from, from our perspective. Right. For Tarasenko, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. For Domi, I think it does. I, but I just think there's going to be more 
phone calls for Domi than I think back in March when he was traded. And we were like, oh, well, he could probably come back. He seemed to like his time in Chicago. He was a good fit here. The way he played the end of the year with with Dallas and especially the way he played in playoffs, I think there's going to be more phone calls than just the 312 area code calling calling Max Domi when July 1st opens up. I I think this free agency year is going to be – there's going to be some guys who are going to be very disappointed in what they get. I think a lot of teams, the contending teams, like the true contending teams – they're all strapped for cash, and the salary cap's only going up one million. Right, we keep every year. It's like we, it's like the carrot on the stick. We keep falling. Oh, this is the year it's going to go up yeah. big time, and then right. Gary Bettman comes and pulls the rug out from under that conference. Nope, you know Lionel Messi can go to the MLS for a billion dollars, but our salary cap only is going to go up seven dollars next year. Like, <laughs> it's frustrating as make, all hell. A, a player in the MLS is going to make fifty-five million. He's going to make more than the entire NHL next year. I don't. Do, hey, the, do the Coyotes have fifty-five million on their books? I doubt it. Jeez. Uh, yeah. He, and, it must, and who knew that Apple TV can give you that kind of money? But hey. uh, you know, I, I and I think a lot of other teams see it too. They don't. No. no. So yeah, fifty-one points. Lionel Messi is going to get paid more than the entire Coyotes <laughs> roster next year to to play what fifteen, twenty games. Well, I saw the fire are selling tickets for that game for like four fifty face value in sections that they don't open for normal games. And, yeah. and by the way, Every the, the thing about yeah. that mm-hmm. match here in Chicago is that it's in October and features two. Really bad teams at this point. There's a and that's that's towards that, the end of the MLS yeah, season. Yeah, Messi right? might not even play in the game, and then you're stuck with a ticket for four hundred fifty dollars. And it's the risk you take for sporting yeah. events. You never know. Well, if that were the case, you'd hit up Game Time. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Those last minute price drops. Dump those non Lionel Messi tickets and take a big hit. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of teams, the as I said, the true contending teams, they're kind of strapped for cash, and they also see that. 2024, 2025 are much better free agent classes. I think the better players this year are going to be acquired via trade, not free agency. That's I I feel that way too, especially for the Hawks and for the contending teams. They, I think, guys, the real difference makers for teams that are going to put teams over the top are going to be acquired via trade. A Connor Hullabuck. Um, you know, a, a Mark Shifley, potentially, Alex DeBrinkit. Alex DeBrinkit. Those are the type of guys where they're already established, and but you, you have to give up a little something. But teams that are trying to win a Stanley Cup next year, as we've seen, don't care about draft picks that much anymore. Yeah. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning gave up 87 draft picks to get Tanner Janot. Not every team operates that way, but, like, I think – you're going to see the contenders making try going for bigger splashes because then they can dump some salary in that process too. And maybe that's where the Blackhawks figure in, where they become that third team to facilitate some of that salary in some of these big trades that happen at the draft. That's interesting. And, and as you're speaking here, I'm sort of my, my mind is wandering. Like I wonder if the fact that next year's class is so great and this year's class is kind of meh free agency-wise – if that's going to hurt this crop of free agents, it is. Where teams are like, eh, I'm just going to pocket this money, and mm. if I need to bring in a rental at the trade deadline, I'll do that and use the when, cap space for that, I, and then I'm going to go hard for dry for Matthews this year or dry settle two years from now, whatever. Well, I think that kind of opens the door for the Blackhawks if they want to, then they can say, hey, you're not getting the deal you were expecting. We have some money to spend. We can spend it on you, one to two year deal. Right. That's why Andreas with Tennessee gets the deal he gets. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, four point two five for two years. It'd be interesting. Who would have thought five years ago, having a conversation where we would say potentially a free agent class featuring Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Tave would be described as meh. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane to think about. Yeah. Five years ago. When Three we, years ago. When do we find out about Taves? Do you think? When? I, th- I think it gets dragged I'm, out till August, September. You don't I, think he's going to want to let people think, know by July 1st if he's playing or not? I think there's two options. We either get a retirement announcement July 1st, or, well, three options. I think we either get a retirement announcement July 1st, some team he, he some team signs him because he says, yeah, I'm full, I'm, I'm, he's committed to going, or, like you said, I think we're waiting till potentially opening night if he's on I don't a team. think anybody signs him July 1st. No. 
No. I sure as hell wouldn't. I think they wait till like, hey, wait till you start your August training and let's see how you feel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I don't think anybody signed. There may be like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge deal made, but I don't think any official contract is signed with him. Who did the Blackhawks do with that recently? Where it was like, oh, this player is still on. It was like mid-August. And it was like, this player is still on the market. And then they were rumored to be with the Blackhawks and they signed. Is it Cody Franzen? Maybe. I feel that like that was Cody right. Franzen. Yeah, maybe. Was, like, he like, like yeah. he was like, it was, was like he's going to the Blackhawks, but he'll be announced like the day one of, uh, yes. of the regular season. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe that ends up being being the case with Taze with with another team, or I don't know. I I still feel like maybe it's a Zach Parise situation. Where everyone's like, well, he's an Islander, but right, that yeah. was last year, right, or yeah. two years ago, last I think year. So. Yeah, where it was like, eh. He's an Islander, but we can't say so for Lou Lamorello just being weird for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> right. It could be something like that. Yeah, um, I would hope for his sake, if if he knows he can't do it, just get it over with. But, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, it just seems like the last guy who's gonna just be like, oh well, I can't do it anymore. He might no. He might be waiting for thirty-two teams to make that decision for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and he said it last year. You know. Th- if it's not 100% yes, then it's no. So I think his 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 margin for, you know, being on the fence, I think, is, is, is pretty small knowing the kind of player and competitor that he is. If he doesn't feel like he can do it for 82 games, which he couldn't last year, um, I don't think he wants to do it. So we'll see. Windy City Hockey is asking what is up with that thumbs up picture. You need to go back to yesterday's episode <laughs> and watch our uh, just, listen for the Lewis wait, University. Yeah, that's Charlie. It's Bed Check Charlie. Charlie. Uh, yeah. That's, Good old Bed he's, Check Charlie. He's retiring as the U.S. University mascot, and we've adopted him as our unofficial mascot yes. of CHGO Blackhawks. <laughs> give us a like. Otherwise, Bed Check yeah. Charlie will check your bed. We'll check come your for bed. You. Yes. He'll check your likes. And you don't, yeah. want, you don't want that guy. He's now like Chuck Charlie. Room at night. We're changing his name. Like Chuck Charlie. I like it. Yeah. Mike Chuck Charlie. Like Chuck Charlie. All right. Got All it. All right. Yeah. Well, we're running late, so let's wrap things up. We're back tomorrow at 2. Cam Robinson, Elite Prospects, will join us. If you missed Monday and Tuesday's episode, we rattled through a bunch of prospects. Mm-hmm. Check them out. If we missed your guy. One of those prospects has been amended. Let us know. <laughs> yes, one of our prospects has been edited. Got a little bit of info about William White Law today. Oh. About a little bit of uh, some off-ice concern. So if you want to check on that profile, Rumors you can. Rumors of Rumors of Pudwactum, indeed. Uh, so check out that little uh, write-up at allchgo.com. And uh, if you got a couple guys you want us to ask about, jump in with Cam, and we'll, we'll see what we can get to ask for you. Yep. So the draft coverage continues ahead of our trip to uh, Nashville. And, wow, what about a, a week and about four hours from now? Connor Bedard will be a Chicago Blackhawk. <laughs> Almost to the minute. And Blackhawks people can actually say the name. Yes. Connor Bedard. Yes. Can't wait. I will talk to everybody tomorrow, 2 o'clock, on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.